Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening, thanks for tuning in, thanks for downloading, thanks for subscribing. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the beverage space. Super excited about a cool new brand called Crisp. I love the name. Like it's just got a great name to it. Crisp drinks. Uh, founder and CEO Sean Banks is on with us today. Sean, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Justin, thank you for having me. This is pretty awesome. I'm excited ex- to be here, hey, dude. I'm so excited you're here. Uh, I love your packaging and product. I can't even wait to ask you tons of questions on that. But um, before I rush ahead, um, let's do this. Before you launched Crisp about two plus years ago, what were you doing? Were you in CPG? Were you what, talk about some of your background before launching the company? Well, I used to be into retail management. I was a restaurant manager for many many years in in retail. I've always had the entrepreneurial spirit, though. When I was young, I used to to design T-shirts and sell them to all the kids playing basketball and different things like that. And uh, before, well, after that, I was into clothing. I I've designed a denim line called DOA Denim, and then I had one called Corrosive Material, and it was sold everywhere. I would say probably fifty different stores from Detroit back to New York. It's awesome. So that was pretty exciting, yeah. And then I kind of just got into. Uh, Retail used to be a convenience store manager. So that's what kind of led me into this whole beverage world. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And so, um, and it's nice to have some reference, right? I mean, you you can, you know how Mm -hmm. the consumer shops, you've seen product on shelf and, and you've worked with different types of retailers. That's I'm sure super helpful when you came into this space. Um, so I lo- you know the water space has been booming, especially flavored waters, um, and yours are are incredible. I can't wait to to talk about the different flavors and approach you're taking here. But how did you decide to start um, a company in the beverage space, and why water? Well, probably six years ago, I was joking with my wife, and um, <laughs> I was just when the bottle water boom really started, you know, kicking up, and I started taking a little notice to it, and I said, I'm going to start a beverage company called Tap Water. And she was like, "What are you crazy?" Like, <laughs> you know, water. That's I was like, funny. Seriously, it's like it's it's a play on words. You know what I mean? I started totally. doing a little research and realized what the filtered water was basically like tap water. But I was like, "But nobody just admits that's what it is." Right. So I was like, "Why not?" And she was just like, "Oh, you're crazy." So I kind of let it go, and then I started working for that convenience store, and and every day. I was restocking that cooler three to four times. And, and I used to think it was my employees just weren't doing, right, they you know, weren't keeping doing up it. with the demand. <laughs> right. So then I'm like, but nah, the soda cooler is still, you know, stocked up. Like what's going on? So then I started paying attention to it. So then now my curiosity's peak. So I'm like picking up each different bottle, like what's alkaline water. And then right. I started doing research on it while I'm stocking the shelves in the back. I have my phone in my one hand. I'm stocking with the other one, reading up on all these different beverages. Totally. And I noticed people were buying flavored waters. And so I'm like, okay, let me see what this is about. So I go up, I go up front and I just watch the coolers to see who was picking up what drinks. And then I would run to the front and tell my cashier I got them on to take care of them. So then I said, hey, what made you choose this beverage today? And a lot of it was their perceived health benefits that, you know, certain beverages, quote unquote, had. And a lot of them, the ones they thought were healthy were artificial flavor, artificial sweetener, totally. filtered water. You know what I mean? So I'm like, wow, this is this is like the ultimate, you know, uh, fake out. 
Right. Because it's not really <laughs> healthy for you. So then I'm just, you know, now my curiosity is even more peaked. And uh, right during this time, so then I, well, rewind a little bit. I reached out to uh, a couple flavor houses. Sure. To, you know, try to understand the process because of dealing with the clothing and, and creating the clothing line and, and sourcing materials and manufacturers, I already had that skill set. So it. for me, reaching out to people to find out how I could get, you know, in with their company was easy for me. So we reached out to a couple of different places and found a co-packer and they told me, you know, hey, if you're really interested in this, you're going to need $20,000 up front and, you know, it takes right. a lot of work and, right. you know, kind of just like almost it felt like they were just like discouraging me, but they were just trying to get me ready, I guess, for sure. what entails with this business. So he said, right, here's a list of things to do. If you get these things done, call me in six months. So I get the list and uh, <laughs> start working through the list. Right. I call him back and like, like three weeks later and was like, your list is done. I'm done. And he's like, I'm ready to go. He's like, really? Yeah. But during this time when I was getting the, the you know, flavors and reaching out to the co-packers, my mother was diagnosed with diabetes out of nowhere. Oh, wow. Like her sugar was like, it went from being normal to 700. Wow. So, yeah, it was scary. Like we didn't know what was going on. And, wow. and, yeah, and totally. you know, we took her to the hospital and they were like, I do not understand how she walked in here on her own. Wow. Like that's how bad it was. So that she was hospitalized for a while behind that. But when we were talking to the doctors, they're like, you know, what type of beverages do you drink? And she's like, you know, I drink water. I'm like, mom. She's like, well, I like, I like my soda and some sweet teas. I'm like, nah, that's the truth. Yep. So, you know, exactly. the doctor was like, you got to stop that. Like, that is probably one of the main things that caused, you know, this, this, you know, attack basically on your body. Totally. So he's just like, you know, drink more water, try flavored waters and different things like that. Those are good for you. And that's when I had the aha moment, like, that's it. Wow. Like, that's what we're going to do. We're going to create something for people like my mother that are used to drinking sugary beverages, but, you know, are diabetic or pre-diabetic. You know what I mean? We're going to make it and make it healthier. Totally. Using natural and organic ingredients, using alternative sweeteners. Like, and once we had that why, like, things just started rolling. Wow. I love that. And it's yeah. important to have that, right? That's kind of what you, you're, yeah. you get up for every day. Um, so yeah. where did you begin? You said you reached out to a flavor house. Good. Um, how did you figure yeah. out like, you know, like what was going to be the initial product and, and packaging and design? And like, what did that look like from the, from the early days? Well, in the beginning, um, I started, you know, just trying to do research, how to get into beverage industry, you know, all types of different questions like that. I went to Google you to learn it. <laughs> nice. So, Love it. <laughs> yeah. So BevNet kept popping up. BevNet, oh, yeah. beverage, Very familiar, these but... different publications. Yep. So I'm like, okay, BevNet. So then I saw that they had this BevNet school and they had their, you know, BevNet live. So they have a lot of information that's online and, you know, I just would watch videos. And while I was a convenience store manager, part of my job was to go around and to do gas checks where you got to drive around to all the different competitors and mark down, you know, they probably shouldn't be telling us uh, <laughs> what, the gas, what, the, what the gas prices are, oh, you know, nice. from your competitors. And that's what keeps you competitive. So Who I'm knew? like, okay, <laughs> but while I'm doing that. I'm listening to these podcasts and these videos. Right. So I had to do that three times a day wow. before work, middle of work. And at the end. So that gave me like, you know, an hour and a half every day of just constantly listening to these things over and over and over. Wow. But uh, we got the Flavor House, uh, we talked to the co-packer, and then we went to a giant grocery store and bought 
a bunch of uh, spring water. Right. We went to Amazon and found alternative sweeteners. Right. And again, we reached out to the flavor house and they sent us flavors. And what we did was I bought a science kit, you know, to mix up the product. <laughs> I love I, it. I bought my little beakers, you know oh. what I mean? We're shaking oh it up. Oh, my God. No way. Like literally me, my wife, and my two kids. So you were did doing start this. in like, the kitchen. My, wow. We literally, well, in the dining room, if yeah. you want to be technical. But <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, you know, but we, like, she would be kitchen. there with her notepad. <laughs> yeah, she would be there with a the notepad, and I would say, all right, we're going to put a, a quarter gram of, or a quarter milligram of uh, stevia in here. Let's see what that tastes like. So when we taste it, we're like, oh, God, that was awful. Like, let's change that up. Like, <laughs> And we couldn't figure it out because we were just trying to use stevia at first. Okay, got so it. So then we started playing with a couple other and did some mixtures. And the next thing you know, it was just like, oh, that that really mimics what sugar tastes like. Mm. So then we knew we were kind of on to something. Then it was just playing with the, the flavor part. And then once we figured it out, we would go into uh, different bars or restaurants that our friends we all worked at. And I would take samples in and let people taste it and give me their honest opinion. Oh, so once I cool. had that feedback and the consensus was, this is really good. I would buy that. You know, when people say, I would buy that, that's when we knew it was good. If they just say, oh, it's good, anybody <laughs> would tell you that. Right, they don't want to hurt course. your feelings. Right. But when they say, I would buy that, you know, they're speaking, you know, more yeah. on what they would do. So... That's very, we very got cool. That going. And then yeah. what did, did so you start with like one flavor, multiple flavors? What did that look like? And then also explain the difference between your crisp water flavors versus the fruitish uh, product. Okay. Well, yeah, we, um, from the start, I always just, like, I would always think of different combinations because I would see, you know, a lot of people, they did single, you know, right, flavor, one flavor, whatever. And I was just like, I was like, let's give some flavor combos. Like, you know what I mean? And a blueberry totally. lemon. Oh, yeah. Like, That's the one that I that like. That, that one looks yeah. good. Yeah, and then like pomegranate lime. I'm like, That's oh, yeah. different. I've never seen anybody do that. And that was a really good one. And then we did straw. We were going to do strawberry. I believe it was watermelon. And then I believe the flavor house at the time didn't have the watermelon. So I said, let's try strawberry pineapple. Man, and that was the one, like, that was the one that resonated the most, and it was really, really good. I'm like, oh, man, I really think we have something. So that's how the flavor combinations came about. But as far as the fruitish, there was actually a a guy that I met early on in my beverage, uh, you know, startup. Program, yeah. And uh, he's a a local distributor in Harrisburg here. And uh, I went down to see him, and I'm taking, showing him my products and everything, and he's like, oh, this is great. He's like, but the stores that I service don't really, this isn't their cup of tea because this is a little bit too high in a price point. And he's like, you know, if, you're, if your mission is this, you should really start thinking about trying to create something for that demographic. If you're talking about the underserved community, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're selling it at a $2.20 or $2.39 price point, a lot of underserved communities are going to have a tough time paying for that. Sure. So I was like, all right. So he comes to me and says, if you can create something that I can sell for a dollar, dollar 29, I'll buy it all from you. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> okay. So that's, that's how fruitish came about. Got I it. went home and um, my kids were watching TV when I got home and I'm sitting there and I'm trying to think of a name and we're watching TV and they're watching the TV show black. Oh yeah. That's actually what so came to mind. Going, that's so funny. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like fruit, you know, what, what fruit, fruit, this it's kind of fruit. fruit <laughs> yeah. You know, and then literally like the show started and it always shows the name. It says black and then it goes bang and it shows ish. And I went, <laughs> I went fruitish. fruitish. And my daughter was like, what's that? I was like, that's the name of our new beverage. She's like, I really oh like God, that. Dad. I'm like, that's, that's it. 
and that's how fruitish came about that is really really cool now um so you were packaging so and what about packaging did you have bottling like initially or like you know when you were making in the dining room what did that look like well i mean in the beginning obviously we just kind of were were using the bottles that we had from the spring water that we bought and totally relabeled them you know put stuff on the outside so we knew which one people were getting but uh, I, you know, I reached out to that co-packer and, and they ended up, um, you know, allowing me to do a small batch to start. And we started off with the blueberry lemon, you know, after we sent everything off to, to um, you know, get everything tested for shelf life, making sure, sure. everything was safe. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I designed everything, like the packaging, like every bottle, every logo, label, everything. I designed it. Dude, I can freehand. I'm not really, I'm I'm not really good with uh, Illustrator, but I can get my point across, and then I give it to the professional. <laughs> Let them shape it, yeah, and, and, yeah, and make it look neat. You know what I mean? But totally. like as far as the design and the aesthetic, yeah, it's all me there. Okay, so um, I love it, and it is great. You know, like it, what I like about it is you look at the bottle and you know the flavor. Like it's no question. I don't even have to read like the label. I know what it is, um, which I think is great. So. And when did you go from trying it with friends and bottles with fake or, you know, make do wrappers to something that you could actually sell? Well, during, during the whole process, again, we, uh, our co-packer, they happened to be lucky and they were working with a company called Lanxis and Lanxis created what's called Negardo. Negardo is the first ever natural preservative to be able to be used in beverage formulation. So when we're creating our stuff, like, and thinking about what we do, I've wanted to do organic, but with the cold field process, there really isn't anything that you can use That's right. to keep it organic. So like, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be awful. I can't do what I want to. So now I'm thinking I got to find a new co-packer with a hot field process, you know, so I can, you know, do everything I wanted. And then right at that time, they're like, hey, there's this company called Lanxis and they have this new product and they're really interested in using your formulation to try it and test it and to make sure, you know, see how it reacts. So we were uh, involved in that, which is pretty cool because that's like history. Like, you know, this is the first ever natural preservative for beverages. And we are like the first brand to use organic ingredients with that product. So interesting. That's all of that was going on. Yeah, it was exciting. And we uh, during that process, that's when we did our small batch for all the testing. And then we got our labels produced and we just ran with the blueberry lemon for a while and did the spring water. And I took the spring water and started walking around to, you know, the different stores in, in Harrisburg area. And some funny stuff was happening. So I'm walking into the store. I'm showing them, you know, the blueberry lemon in the water. And a lot of times these people are looking at me like, oh, this is your company. Like, yes, this is. <laughs> wow. You know what I mean? And, and, and yeah, kind of like, what are you doing with this? Like, how did you get this? Like, you know what I mean? Kind of insinuating, like, right. Like this can't be there. Like, I whatever. Didn't, yes. Yeah. And, and you know what I mean? Like, I'm just That's looking at BS. them like, dang, like, bro, I'm coming in with all, I got my shirt on my polo with my logo on it. Like I'm looking <laughs> official, but they're treating me like I don't belong there. And, <laughs> oh and, and honestly, that's kind of how this beverage industry and the food and beverage industry for CPG really is. It's like it can be very closed. Black, yeah. black owned entrepreneurs, man, we've got to do we've got to be twice as good as our white colleagues. Uh, well, or three times as good just to get a little bit of traction. And it's so frustrating. That's so ridiculous. I mean, I'll give you a story real quick. 
Yeah, please. We had we were down here. My, we were down here at my warehouse, and we were working. And this was last year during the pandemic, and you know uh, everything was going on with George Floyd, like all this stuff is going on. And we're like, all right, so we got to pivot and figure out something. So we're using this company to, you know, do online and send it to a bunch of warehouses. Sure. So we're breaking the pallets yeah. down to send off to these places, and we see a guy driving back and forth through the parking lot, like there's other trucks in the uh, where my warehouse is at. So this guy's like looking at us. We don't pay him no mind. We keep doing what we're doing. Right. And like 10 minutes later, a cop shows up, oh. comes and gets out of the car talking about, what are you doing here? So what do you mean? What am I doing here? He's like, what are you doing here? I got a call that you're stealing stuff out of the back of the truck. Oh, I was like, I'm what? stealing stuff out of the I'm, Now, mind you, I'm with my 13-year-old daughter. I'm with my wife. And it was me. We have music playing. Like, we're, you know, we're just doing a family thing, getting this stuff together. We're all excited to, you know, send this stuff off and get in the market. And I'm just like, sir, I was like, why would you say it's like, what makes you think that I'm stealing something being as open and exposed as we are right now? He said, well, I got a call that you were stealing stuff. I said, out of what truck? I said, this truck right here, what has a door and a lock on it? I said, that isn't open. I was like, I rent this warehouse. I was like, I got a forklift sitting right here, a pallet jack. I got six pallets of water sitting out here with the garage door open. Do you really think I'd be stealing something if, if <laughs> with all of that? And he made me like, tell him the landlord's name and oh give him a phone God. number, like all this stuff. And then when, when we're talking, I looked up and I noticed the guy that was staring at us driving through. He had parked like a block away and was just watching. Oh, sure. That is so ridiculous. You know what I mean? That's the little bit of things that we go through oh. that, you know, and you my know other what? colleagues yeah, you don't know? have to go through and it's awful. Yeah, and you know, I don't think anybody can say they know unless they've walked in your shoes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, nobody can say, tough. "Oh, Sean, I, I totally can understand." Like, you can't. You, you, you know, yeah, you I, really can't. Wow. Um, yeah. Well, wow. I mean, and I thank you for sharing. I didn't that. mean to make the the, the interview kind of go. We could that go way, there. We could, same time. <laughs> we could spend a but whole hour to, on that. <laughs> yeah, it just needs to be talked about because I mean, in the beverage industry, there might be three or four other people that I can say that I know of that are black owned. Sure. You know, I know there's a couple that are black, some black founders in it, but they don't think they own the majority of their company. Got it. You know what I mean? And, and for us, it's so hard. Thank God. There's a, a group called the NMSD, NMSDC national minority supplier diversity council, where their whole goal is to help, you know, bring some fairness to any industry sure. and, and get opportunities for black owned or minority owned businesses. Wow. So uh, we got in through giant, we got in with giant through them, through that program. And I applaud giant for not only, you know, having a diversity program, but actually doing things and showing some actions, not just work, you know absolutely. what I mean? Just like really supporting Well, exactly. Us. Stop talking about it and show some, some actions. Um, yes. wow. I think that's super helpful. I'm so glad you shared that. I think our audience needs Thank to you. know that. And, and, you know, I hate to say it. I, a lot of people don't even know or think about it. So yeah. I, um, I think it's super important. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I used to be a convenience store manager, literally, I ordered all the products for the store. There was not one black owned product in that whole store. Not a single one. Not well, one. Well, and I can walk into pretty much any convenience store and it's pretty much the same way too. You know what I mean? There's, there's famous, they tell what well, there's famous, famous cookies. Famous, famous has known famous, famous cookie <laughs> no, in 30 years. I was going to say, so don't, they, don't, I know don't, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, but honestly, that's just what it is. And, and that needs to change, man. We're here. We spend money and, you know, 
I don't create things just for black people. I create p- things for everybody. I was going to say, like, I don't think your, your beverage product is not for any specific consumer, except for someone that really likes um, health and wellness and, you know, the flavors you have here. I mean, this is pretty awesome. Um, is. Our mission is to help the underserved communities to get them to start changing and, you know, because diabetes and obesity is running rampant in those underserved communities because of the food deserts and there's no opportunity for them to get these healthy snacks or food at an affordable price. So my theory is if we can get it to them for $1.29 a bottle, that helps them to make the change from drinking that soda that's $2 or $2.19. They're like, hey, I can get this $1.29 bottle and get another snack. You know what I mean? At least they're making a good choice with the drink. No doubt. Choice, so. I love yeah. it. Oh, what a cool mission. Um, again, something else to get up for every day. You know, you get excited about that. Well, um, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let me ask you. So, how are you building the brand? How are you build, getting rec- recognition, and or how are you getting it out to market? Um, well, we um, we work with a brand management company called Cascadia Managing Brands, and they're they've been really instrumental with helping me with like a you know, some of the bumps in the road because they've done this for other emerging brands. They worked with Hint before in the beginning. They worked with, I think, Nantucket Nectars, Liquid Death. Like, so they have all of the knowledge and and things that, like when we had our Zooms and I'm, you know, kind of green with trying to, you know, spit some of the lingo, like I would just look at them like, like, okay, let me go to hand this over to Cascade to help me with this part of it. But they're very good with helping like I said, emerging brands kind of get out there and, and, you know, make that connection with retailers. So we did a lot of Zooms in the last year. We have a couple things working. Hopefully, uh, you know, 2022 will be the year for us because 2020, obviously, that was kind of like a wash. So we're where we thought we would be last year right now. So we're really looking forward to what we're going to do. And a lot of our approach is just, you know, social media, sure. networking to try to get it out there and, and bring some awareness to the brand. I love that. Um, and, and are you focused on a specific geography to begin with? Or have you talked to retail well, yeah. yet or directly? Like, what does that look like? Yeah, we, uh, um, you know, we've had some pretty good meetings again lately. I don't, I don't know, if, you know, before anything happens, you don't really want to say anything. Yeah, no, please don't. Anything. Yeah, of course. But yeah, we're definitely talking to some drug uh, convenience and some mass market grocery. Um, we just brought on a, a broker for the Southeast. So Very that could hopefully bear some fruit for us. Yeah. Yeah. Cause man, we, I started this thing on $30,000. <laughs> like, we, we don't get the funding. Like I look at some of the things like, again, I'm addicted to reading BevNet. So right. I'm constantly looking at these brands that I've never heard of. And I've been immersed in this for the last three years. And I'm like, yo, I've never even heard of these guys. How are they getting $2 million? <laughs> Big bucks, I know. I get the newsletter too, get... man. I get the BevNet newsletter. In fact, that's how one of the, I saw you yeah. in there one time. I was like, oh my God, we got to connect. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it, it just blew my blows my mind because I'm like, like what? I, I, either I got to get with these people to find out who they're networking with or whatever. But a lot of them are called my colleagues that they're not brown, black or brown. And only 1% of all VC spending goes to black owned companies. 1%. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. But I do, but I did get a good partner. He, uh, it's a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. And, you know, I just always would talk to him. We watched football together all the time. We're both Cowboys fans. So we would always watch football together. And I was just telling him, yeah, I've been working on this project and showing him and letting him taste the things. 
And then when I kind of got, I got myself into, I think, 35 stores in the beginning. And he was like, how's your water project going? And I told him, I was like, well, I got, I got in 35 stores so far. And I was like, yeah. but I'm going to be honest. I was like, I'm broke. You know what I mean? We ran out of money. Like, our money is low. Like, sure. you know what I mean? And, and to take that next step, I got to find, uh, uh, you know, somebody to invest in this company. And I was like, can I just pitch it to you so I can practice it? And he's like, yeah. So when I pitched it to him, at the end of it, he said, well, I mean, I know you didn't ask, but I think this sounds like a great business. I, I would like to invest, invest in your company. I love man, it. I jumped up and hugged <laughs> that man so hard. I was just like, Fred, you have no idea. Yo, his name's Fred Bainey. Well, he's a good, good, that good That's very cool. And, and yeah. And, and, you know, you need people like that. You know what I mean? He heard no the doubt. story. He knows how hard. He used to come into a restaurant that I was the general manager of. So he always saw me working and saw my work ethic. So I think that kind of made it a little easier for him too, because he's like, I see how hard of a worker you are. You know what I mean? And, and if I know if, if you're doing this for yourself, you're going to work even that much harder. Totally. To make this a success. So, totally. Yeah. Oh, that's really, really cool. I love that. And so, and, and it's amazing yeah. when you meet people like that, you know, that come into your life. Yeah. Um, yeah. I always love to ask our guests, you know, for the biggest lessons learned, you've already shared some great advice as we've gone through, but I'd love to have you share two or three things, you know, for the other entrepreneurs we've got listening, you know, what, what have you learned? Um, and what would you share with them in terms of advice? Uh, the the biggest thing I learned is patience. Oh, dude, I'm not Honestly. good at that. I have to tell you, I'm not good at patience. <laughs> I used to not be when I was doing when I was doing my clothing thing. I oh, wanted everything yesterday, right. not now, but right now. Ditto. You know what I mean? I was always Ditto. like, like I can't believe this isn't happening. Blah, blah, blah. But all of those little setbacks and learning from that, it helped me to gain some patience in this industry because everything moves at a snail's pace. Like you meet you meet with someone in in May. <laughs> to have them tell you to call them in October, oh. to tell them to call them in January, then they'll let you know if they want to carry your product. Oh. So all that time, I mean, obviously you're making other connections with other retailers and trying to, you know, expand and grow and, and get all these things going, but you're on pens and needles, like just waiting for that. You know what totally. I mean? That yes. You know, it, and, and so if you can have some patience, you can, you can be successful in this business and do not give up. Even when it feels like you're not going to get to where you want to go, if you stop, you, know, you never know. You might be one step away from hitting where you want to be. And that's where I feel like we are right now. We're like one step away. We just really hope that some of these retailers put some action behind those words of that 15% that they say they want to spend on black-owned companies. Got well, it. guess what? I got one for you right here. Chris Drink. Right. You can take about, <laughs> and, and use it and use about 0.5% <laughs> of that 15% and support this black-owned business because what we're doing is important for all communities and all people. Totally. Man, I love that. Awesome advice. Um, and so great meeting you and having you on today. Share with our audience. Yes, thank you. Yeah, man. Share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, learn about the product, etc. Yep. You can find us at uh, chrisdrinks.com. That's K-R-I-S-P, drinks, D-R-I-N-K-S.com. Uh, our social handles are at drinkcrisp with a K. Uh, we are currently sold in 155 giant grocery stores. Hopefully, it's more amazing. and more product will be coming it's in. Amazing, dude. yeah, yeah. They have three of our flavors of the fruitage so far, but we are up for review for hopefully an additional uh, three products and maybe our flavors line wow. in the organic section. Very cool. Uh, we have distribution all through New York City with uh, preferred beverages, so all five boroughs. 
and you can find us on Amazon. Look under Crisp Water, K-R-I-S-P-W-T-R, and you can find any of our brands on there. Dude, that is so great. Um, and I mean, just two years, folks. It 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 takes a. It, it's you got to be patient, but look what can happen in only two years. I think that's so cool, and what a great story, um, Sean. Thank listen, you. we are so thankful that you came on today. I also would love to have you back on down the road, um, and to yeah. tell more stories because you're you're kind of like on that early side of things. Like you've got so much runway mm-hmm. and stretch in front of you, and we can't wait to have you back on down the road and uh, man i just appreciate you coming on today thank you so much for having me it's an honor to be here the contender cast is sponsored by henderson shapiro peck and powered by contender brands you can download additional contender cast episodes directly via apple podcasts google podcasts amazon music spotify iheart media youtube and other preferred podcast platforms if you would like to be a guest on the Contender Cast, connect with us at contendercast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender. <laughs>